Hello. Anna, <laughs> hey. what just happened? Ah, yeah, just what's happened? the deal? Well, we have this emergency that triggered a voice over the speakers that goes, Your attention, attention, please. We are experiencing an emergency. So get the hell out. And she said it in that tone, too. It was scary. We haven't had to go through any sort of a drill or emergency evacuation of any sort since before COVID. I think I still remember some of the protocol, like go down the stairs. Unfortunately, I forgot where the stairs were. (laughs) Right? Well, we used to have to go to a certain other exit, and we had clipboards of everybody's names who was in the building. And we're still, like, in a COVID schedule here. So we don't know who's here and who's not. Oh, boy. So, you know, I'm taking my time getting downstairs. I'm, our chief engineer runs in and says, guys, this is not a drill. You just, we got to get out. And it felt more rushed than I'm used to. Kind more of, rushed than you're used to for a life-threatening emergency. Well, well, <laughs> usually it's a drill. I mean, we, you know, I'm good friends with one of the safety officers. And she always, she'll tell me beforehand, we're going to probably have a drill. And uh, so I usually kind of know ahead of time. I'm usually in the know. I used to be like the safety officer person not not there where where you guys work now but at at other places the thing is i used to get mad when people treated the drills so like merrily like oh it's a drill <laughs> there's a reason that you do that stuff right so right. that you know what to do and it's like oh my god everybody's down there and it's like recess and once you're out of the building i could care less but you know when you're getting out you really should you should know where the stairs are, you know, and I don't mean to should you. I mean, that's, I don't mean should like, you know, shame on you for not knowing. Yeah. I mean, like, perhaps it would be prudent to have drills more often so that there isn't a hesitation about where are the stairs and where do we meet. And the clipboard thing, that's a tough one because who in this day and age, nobody's got a clipboard. Nobody's, especially (laughs) even before COVID, they were barely doing it. But now who's doing that? You know, that's, that's a tricky one. Did you ever find out what it was? No, I was just uh, I was just focused on trying to get upstairs to start podcasting. And good for you for going back up the stairs. You must be in good shape. Oh my god! <laughs> People right. were hanging around the front door, and I'm like thinking, I'm not hanging around the front door because what if something blows up? What if it's another <laughs> diehard? What if Hans Gruber took right. over our tower? It's not Christmas till Hans Gruber jumps <laughs> off the T-Mobile building. <laughs> What a weird couple days then, because yesterday, so my son, you guys know, he works at uh, a retail um, store. He's in security there. And he goes, I stopped a heist. (gasps) A bunch of people, he could tell they were starting to position cars and position themselves and and getting drills out of vehicles. And someone's (gasps) uh, imprint on the back of their pocket seemed like a gun. He's on his two-way. He was able to alert whoever he had to, and they called the police right away. And so they they pretty much scared the people off. I think they caught one person that might have wow. been one of the getaway cars, but there were other vehicles involved. And I was wow. like, are you okay? <laughs> you know, because yeah. think, I'm thinking, is that traumatizing? And he's like, no, it was actually pretty exciting. And I spent all day doing police reports. <laughs> How great. That's so cool. Yeah. How great that he was so observant. That just really impresses me. Is it all the movies we, we showed him? Is it all the movies he watches? <laughs> Does he carry a clipboard with the names of everybody that's in the store? <laughs> and a whistle. And a whistle. And the fact that they believed him, they didn't second guess. They just went to, into action. 
he might have saved a bunch of lives there. You know, (laughs) is this something that interests him, this, you know, safety and security, or is this just a job and that was a cool thing that happened? Well, he likes it, actually, but I don't know if that's what he wants to do. Wow. There's so many things I love about that. (laughs) Yeah. That that he has all this confidence and that, Mm -hmm. you know, he just acted not out of fear, but out of, hey, this is going on. And um, it's just awesome. Most of his life, he's been, you know, just sort of a mild-mannered, gentle dude kind of chill opposite he's the opposite of aggressive yeah interesting Mm -hmm. but that that quietude he's obviously very observant yeah he's he's constantly looking around and probably listening and absorbing and and he 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 god knows how many times he looked out that front door and saw a normal world and he knew enough to know that something was abnormal Mm -hmm. um and that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And it could, you know, I it's possible that we've, you know, with all, with all the movies and stuff that we watch, um, that that maybe he he caught on to some clues about the way the cars were moving or the what the way mm-hmm. the people looked. But also, you know, maybe there's some training involved too. It's oh, definitely. possible that he got some some training mm-hmm. in the job that that he learned about. But that's that's really cool. I wonder if it's like they were doing this, uh, a lot of going on in uh, in San Francisco where I do. Um, I do traffic reports there, so I hear the news there all the time, and they're having this terrible series of, of, of smash and grabs. Sounds very similar Oof. to what you're talking about with staging, where, where six or seven or eight cars will pull up, and all of these people run out. Interestingly enough, a lot of them teenage girls. Um, really? And they, and they run into a store with weapons. They, they, they take as much as they can, and they get out of it. Sometimes they have to smash windows and doors to get wow. in. Sometimes they go in when the store's open, and, and they would go. Well, just recently... They actually busted one of the ringleaders of um, one of these organizations, wow. and it was a guy. It was a guy who owned a boba tea shop, <laughs> and what? so it was just this little the boba tea guy, right? Like just this guy, like oh, well, you know, what would you like in your you know smoothie or whatever, like that that kind of person. And there was a customer interviewed who said, in retrospect, there was a day when I went in there to get a tea, and I noticed all these like electronics and computers sitting around, and I wondered what they were doing. <laughs> Now it all makes sense, you know. Oh, my gosh. But, um, but, yeah, so I don't know if that's – it was really prevalent in San Francisco for, like, the last year. I don't know if that's been happening, you know, in in, um, in, in Bellevue and Seattle as much. But it sounds like from your description that that's what it might have been. Or, or potential, wow. yeah. But, yeah, yeah that's interesting about the teenage girls that are the yeah. ones. You don't know anymore who's going to be the ones uh, doing this stuff anymore. No one thinks teenage girls. Uh, you know, next thing right. we're going to hear the Golden Girls <laughs> held up a fry. I can totally see Sophia leading the heist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are these people doing it for fun or out of need or because they won't get in trouble? I mean, what? Is there any theories going around? Oh, the smash and grabs? Yeah. Oh, um. No, I, I, you know, I think with any kind of racket, I, I suspect they, they probably, they, they're subcontractors, right? Like they, they probably get hired and you'll get a, you'll get a cut of this or that. I'm assuming they're doing it out of money. I, I don't think it's out of need because, you know, they're taking electronics and high-end clothing and, and, um, you know, it, they're not like knocking over a grocery store, you know, or baby formula or, or diapers or something like that. I mean, they're, you know, it's it's t- tends to be high end stuff that gets knocked over. So, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, I think in this case the the kids are just subcontracted to to do it. And and yes, they think they won't get caught because you know what, they're not getting caught. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many of these things have been going on, and very few of them have gotten caught. Um, and I think that's that's part of the. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a criminal, but 
I think that's part of this. What I guess what you call we would call crowdsourcing of the of the crime is if you get six or seven or eight people um, to show up, then odds are pretty good that only one or two of you are going to get caught, and the rest of you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of feels like uh, what, what's the um, uh, Oliver, right? The little orphans running around London, you know, uh, and they're all pickpockets and little thieves, and you know, some are better than others because they're faster. These smooth, exactly little smooth criminals, yeah. <laughs> Um, I suspect that's that's what it is. It's, it's probably fun and exciting, and ever you know they they've watched Fast and Furious twelve, and they think it's pretty cool. And you know, if, as long as you don't get caught, who cares? And you could tell from their mugshots, the ones that do get caught, they're really mad. <laughs> we got they're caught. so angry that they got caught. <laughs> Right. It's not all girls, but it's a lot of girls, a lot more girls than you would expect. I also wonder if it's happening so much more, if there might also be a desperation factor. There, I don't know if there's a connection between addiction, you know, that kind of thing, and they need the money, or unemployment is high, they need money, they're going to sell stuff that they steal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my thought on that is if it is organized, they probably are not using drugs because if you see these people that are using mm-hmm. drugs that are in the stores and taking things, they're not very coherent. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I just had something happen at my local store the other day. And it's funny. It upset me so bad. And, you know, I like to evaluate things. So I'm still not sure why I'm upset, but I, w- I heard somebody like on the, you know, when you're at the checkout, you hear the, my, the, not the microphone, but like walkie talkie. And I heard someone say, yeah, it's in his backpack. And then when I went to go out, this checker was, man, she was ballistic screaming at this kid with a backpack. And mm. the kid looked just like a typical kid with a backpack. And I, you know, I work with drug addicts. I know they lie, but he was not giving her the backpack. And some guy that had a a cart full of kids, he was probably mid thirties, walked by and just yanked the kid's backpack off and threw it at, you know, towards the clerk. And he just shook his head and took his kids and the cart and went outside. And, um, the kid just like tried to grab his pack and she had it and she wasn't giving it back. And I'm like, wow, there's so many things right now. Can you do that? Can you just take someone's backpack? But maybe he did steal and maybe they, I mean, all these things going through my head, you know, and I'm just, and they had just told me I wanted one of those little baskets, you know, rather than a cart. They go, oh no, everybody steals them. We just bought a hundred and they're gone. So no more of those. You got to use a cart. And I'm like, what is happening to my neighborhood? But yeah, just, you know, but, but I, I think that if it's an organized thing, they're probably not using drugs, at least at the time, rather than just that kind of that I'm starving, I'm hungry drug addict, and I got to go grab a, you know, snack kind of thing. Do you feel like more, say, robberies or theft is happening uh, in your, your own neighborhoods? Because I feel like it is at mine. A month or two ago, my daughter and I went to our Rite Aid. We saw, like, police there. I go inside, and they're like, your attention, please. We have to make you all leave. If you're going to purchase anything, it has to be right now because we're closing We're closing the store. And it was only like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon because they just a half an hour before we had arrived, they got robbed, not at gunpoint, but like box cutter point. I made my purchase and I could see that this kid, she was probably only 16 and she looked like she was just upset and everything, but she was still being the cashier. And I'm like, 
what happened. She goes, I was the one who they were threatening. And she just broke down. And I'm like, I was kind of getting teary-eyed too because this could be my kid. You know, I mean, these poor kids having to deal with crime. I mean, crime right in front of their and being threatened. Yeah, I, you Oof. know, I always think people that are bankers, it's like, do you think, you know, when you take that job, does it occur to you? Because it occurs to me that there could come that day, you know? Yeah, I, I suspect, again, that's probably part of the training when you work at a bank is, is yeah. here, here are all the things that could happen and here's how you respond. But at least they're behind, you know, glass and your basic Rite Aid cashier is just right there, you know? Yeah. But you're right, they're kids and it's just... It's it's just mean. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying criminals are generally nice people to begin with, but you know, even somebody who is doing something out of desperation, mm-hmm. it's so mean to do it to to do it at all, but to do it to a kid or an old person, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's some like big buff guy who's behind the counter, then it's like, okay, you're taking your chances, but you know, a 16-year-old girl, I mean, come yeah. on, oh, you know. scary. But so I guess sad. they figure it's easy pickings and that's how they'll they'll get out but i do think that is a a sign of desperation you know when that happens oh my gosh i was in one the other day i was in it was right aid walgreens some some drugstore and uh and the cashier had done something i don't know what what it was but somebody came up and they put something on the counter and they walked out and she said oh he just stole something and i'm like what did he steal she's like i don't know but that's what they do they 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 stand in line and pretend like they're buying something and then while I'm ringing you up they put down the thing that they don't want and they and they walk out with something you know oh, wow. like as if they they were walking around the store with that one sharpie thinking they were going to buy that one sharpie and then they just decided oh I don't want to wait in this line and put the sharpie down and walked out oh, and then probably had like you know geez. well it wouldn't have been booze at this store but whatever yeah. um so it is yeah it's it but she just sort of like rolled her eyes you know uh, what did, what do they call it stop stop loss loss leader there's some like term for there's a certain amount of merchandise that they know they're gonna lose to shoplifting crazy yeah 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 but we had we had one the uh just it was just yesterday in fact i, I drove by it this morning um there's a, the art store where sharon buys there's a little local art store here uh, downtown salem where sharon buys her supplies and um somebody smashed their window oh. last night they put it on facebook and i forgot about it and i drove by this morning and there was a big big giant piece of plywood and the store was open so but I don't I I couldn't the way it was smashed was so weird like it didn't look like you could you would have gone in through that it looked like somebody just smashed it or it was almost person-shaped as if there was a fight and somebody got thrown against the glass I don't actually know whether it was a robbery or or you know a burglary or, or 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 what it was but it was a weird it was so weird to think that 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 kind of stuff happens but it does I mean it's still a city you know and, and I as to your question is it getting worse yeah I think it's getting worse I think yeah. I think there are certain things that are not getting worse we just hear more about them and then I think there are other things that are getting worse and I think petty theft is getting worse you, do, do you guys have like that neighborhood app I hate those apps. I really hate them because people are so freaking racist. I can't even oh, they, stand it. Oh, no. Yeah. I tried. Oh. I really tried to be on uh, Nextdoor or one of those when I lived. Right. I've lived a couple places. And every every other day it was, well, I saw a black man walking down the street. Oh. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, black people are allowed to walk down the street. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, forget it. I don't. I, it's not worth it. And then there was one. Oh, my God. My favorite one. This was in uh, when I lived in Savannah. 
there was one that, that circulated all around Facebook. This was freaking hilarious. This guy was, he, there was a ring that went, okay, this guy, he, he, he showed up at the house and he was obviously going to rob it. And then he saw there was a ring camera and he ran away. He walks up, his face is not covered. He's carrying flowers and balloons. He's wearing scrubs. He goes in, he sees the camera, he drops the flowers and the balloons and he runs away. And everybody's like, this is a robbery. And I'm like, that's not a robbery. That's a booty call. That is somebody, that is somebody cheating on somebody. And getting busted because it's recap. <laughs> and nobody believed me. Like, nobody believed me. And I'm like, come on. Everybody's like, no, no, it's a robbery. We caught a robbery. I'm like, nah, think it through. Did you say booty through, call you know? on there? Did you? I did say booty call. Oh, my God. Of course I did. Who comes to a robbery with flowers and balloons and no mask and wearing scrubs, right? If you're going to rob a place, you wear all black. You don't mm-hmm. you cover your face. <laughs> you don't bring flowers. <laughs> you don't bring flowers. Well, what if he was pretending to be flower delivery man? Well, then don't bring the balloons. I mean, right. <laughs> right. And it was like, it was like noon, right? It wasn't, oh, and it, was, it, was so it wasn't night. Afternoon delight. Afternoon delight. <laughs> but anyway, that's my take on next door and, and all that stuff. Is I, I just well, there too many too many Karens for my taste. I did, I did a, a you know we do show prep and there was this guy and he went in and stole this guy's uh, lawnmower and he tried to start it couldn't start so he found the gas can filled it up and then he mowed the guy's lawn and then he took off <laughs> with the mower. I'm, not, I'm like, well, cool, he mowed the lawn, but... Um. Was he trying to make the neighbors think he was hired or something? Maybe, yeah, I don't probably. know. But he got that lawn mowed, and then he just took off with the mower. He wanted to try it out and see if he liked it. Yesterday, we had some uh, roofers, gutter cleaners that looked like nobody was home, so I had to tell everyone down the street, these guys are really supposed to be on our roof, so don't you worry. <laughs> well, and it was just a couple years ago, Anna, that you were in the house, and you had some landscapers, was it, outside, and they started taking things out of your garage, and you no. were watching them? No, 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 Those, that was the maid. But we did catch on our ring camera one of the landscapers peeing on our yard. Oh, what? <laughs> awful. Awful. <laughs> Just awful. I hope you sent that to him. Oh, I, we didn't. I, I just... <sighs> My thought was, this is their living, and they could only probably do it to a certain age. Uh, This is their life, and I can't, you know, if I say anything, could ruin their careers. And all they're doing is fertilizing my lawn, so whatever. (laughs) When I was in a... When I lived in Savannah, we had a we had this uh, addition put on our house, and um, they were there. The workers were there for probably ten days, maybe two weeks. And they the first thing they did was was roll up in a porta potty, and you know most of the most of the work was inside the house. And I didn't understand. I'm like, you can use the bathroom in the house. I had no issue with that. They were like, no, no, po- company policy. We don't use people's bathrooms. We only use porta potty, which I thought was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like. I don't know. I think that's kind of lame. You know, they're upstairs. There's a bathroom. They're basically working on the bathroom, right? They could have just yeah. come right there. I'm sure they did every once in a while. I'm sure they didn't, you know, go out there. But uh, I remember it was uh, right in the middle of the renovation. There was a hurricane. And um, everything had to get, you know, we had to evacuate and all that kind of stuff. And my next door neighbor was so worried about the porta potty. She was just convinced <laughs> that that porta potty was going to come flying into her house. They. It was not their first rodeo. They 
they took away the porta potty and they secured the oh, dumpster and they got good. everything else secured. And that was oh. so funny, but I'm pretty sure they know that. <laughs> oh There's some video out that uh, that's gone viral of like uh, porta potty actually, I guess in a tornado or just flying all over the place. And they actually, <laughs> some people were spreading rumors that there was actually somebody in there. And when they landed, there was like poo all over. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this is where oh. I say I'm glad we're the earthquake state. You'd rather not know. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to deal with a porta potty flying. Yeah. Somebody was who was telling me this the other day. It wasn't one of you guys, was it? About the person who dropped their phone in the porta potty. Oh. <laughs> it was in the oh, news. It was in the. It was in Washington State, and she uh, went in head first and got stuck trying to get it out. And so apparently she got a hold of it, but couldn't get out and had to use it, filthy, to call 911 to come and get her because she was stuck in the porta potty. That's it. Didn't she have to go through, like, you know, all the hepatitis series and all that kind of stuff? Uh, Probably. Oh, I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. She could join the Blue Man group now. Right? Imagine being the being rescued. Yeah, I think I would just let that go and go get a new phone. Yeah. Yes. Like, everything's on the cloud. Just yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, yucky. Poo well, emoji. She was out hiking. That's why there was a porta potty. So maybe she was afraid if she lost her phone, she oh. wouldn't be able to get back to civilization. I don't know. I guess that's still. understandable. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you guys, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, the month of May. We had recently lost a legend, uh, Naomi. Naomi Judd. From from the point that, that we've rec- we're recording this, it had been like over a week. I think it's almost been two weeks now, right? Or has it just been a week? Uh-huh. Yeah. I just realized this is the first time we've talked since then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When they first announced it, you know, the the way they worded it was... She had passed away from mental health. That was interesting to me because even though we're trying to get to a point where mental health awareness and and treating it and helping people and supporting people, we're trying to make it not a stigma. It kind of makes you aware that, you know, some people still make it that way. And maybe that's why the Judds were very careful in wording it, especially with their mom being of greatness. And Think of what she was living with daily, you know, that yeah. that for her to exist was so painful. And, you know, Anna and I had a brief conversation because a few, well, it was probably more than a year ago, we talked about someone that was off their meds. And, you know, meds are so important and there's there's the people that won't take them and if they would, their life would be better. But then there's also, you know, people that are on meds for long periods of time and then the meds start to, you know, affect other organs. And so mm-hmm. I'm so mixed about this and I decided I would tell you, um, but I, I want to say this carefully because I don't, I'm never going to be an advocate of don't be on meds. I, I'm not a big fan of Big Pharma because I'm dealing with so many drug addicts. Um, and, you know, even now when they put you through detox, when my son went through detox, they somebody picked him up, a nice service, picked him up, dropped him off at a house, and he called me and said, Mom, they won't let me stay here because I'm on Suboxone. And I said, but you just went through detox. He goes, yeah, but they gave me, they put me on in detox. They put him on Suboxone. 
rather than letting him just be off of drugs and see how that goes, they're putting people on, you know, other drugs. So for me, I've been on antidepressants for 30 years um, for depression. And um, the few times I tried to go off, I would have a friend call me and say, hey, are you taking your meds? I'd be like, why? Uh, you know, right. we think you need to get back on them, and I would get so furious, but so grateful for people that were looking out for me. But in the last couple of years, I've been looking to get off of them because every time I renew them, I have to go through all these blood tests because they're affecting all my other organs. Mm -hmm. So I made a bold choice with the company that I love and trust their products, uh, uh, natural plant products, and I have weaned off. I've been off for two months, and I'm feeling really good. I had a friend who I knew before I ever had kids heard me do a, a presentation the other day, and she she called me and said, are you off your meds? And I was like, why? <laughs> and she goes, she goes, you got your spark back. And, you know, it meant so wow. much to me because, you know, mental health is very serious. And, you know, if we need help, we need help. And there's no shame in getting help. And, like, for me, I'm so grateful for all those years of having a medication that, you know, I did, I did the work, I did the counseling and I did coaching and I did self growth. I wasn't like, give me a pill and I'll be fine. You know, I still did all the work, but, um, so yeah, it, it just was to me is so sad to see somebody so that we all call a queen basically. And that yet she suffered so badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it 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 was interesting how they worded it, Anna. I think you're right, and especially given now in the last couple of days that Ashley Judd went ahead and 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 gave more details about what happened, and she kind of made this sort of offhanded comment that the the rumor mill has to has to be fed. We we we. We're so desperate for the salacious detail of it that we lose the big picture of, of, of why it happened. And and I think, I suspect, you know, there are people who take their own lives on a, um, on a knee-jerk reaction basis, but right. then there are people who do it after a, a life of struggle. And I think that's what happened. And that, that was why they were so wanting to say, you know, she she lost her battle with mental illness, to phrase it that way, because she had been battling it all her life. And yeah. here she was on the cusp of, I mean, they had so many awards and, you know, I mean, they, it's not like she needed another award, but the very next day they were going to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame, which really is a is a tremendous yeah. thing. And, um, and to be to have such a great high with your daughters, you know, yeah. Yeah. well, one 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 daughter that you perform with, and and another that was there too, um, and and uh, there's mm -hmm. there's that tiny piece of me that still, wow, that was selfish. I mean, you can't not think that um, just because of what that did to her her daughter Winona, who was the other performer with this, right? Mm -hmm. But I try not to think that way because I know that was not her intention. I know. In her case, that was not her intention to to hurt other people. She just wanted to stop hurting herself. Mm -hmm. um, it's mm -hmm. so uh, frustrating, you know. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and I think too, you know, um, I don't know if if I'd ever really heard that before that she struggled with uh, mental health issues, and so it's like, was it always a big secret? Where you know, I just like end up having so many questions, and you know, I I I never told people. I mean, if people at work knew I was on antidepressants, they think, but you're always so happy. But you know, it's yeah. like sometimes those chemicals you just don't make them anymore, 
and you need some support in making them. And then even then, you know, I, I've heard stories of people, somebody that I knew that finally got on an antidepressant and then got well enough to actually then kill themselves by suicide. Mm -hmm. So it, it is such a, a hard thing. It's such a sad thing. And, um, you know, I admire the people that struggle with it, that are able to talk about it and take the meds they need to take. And, you know, like for me, when I was raising my kids, it was like, I did it for my kids. If I could just be off those meds, because I was raised vegetarian. I, I don't like taking pills, medicine. I've just never been a fan of that. I mean, even I had indigestion so bad. And I didn't, they kept wanting me to take all this Prilosec and everything. I didn't want to take all this, you know, mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals. I wanted to do something more natural. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it, it is, it, it's hard and it's sad and, um, the people that are left behind are always going to be affected. It doesn't matter. I have a question, Lori, and if this is too personal, you can just tell me to shut the heck up. But I um, start crying. <laughs> when you um, anybody when when you make a medication change, when you so you're 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 transitioning now from pharmaceutical to naturopathic, um, which I wholeheartedly support personally. By the way, I think that's great. But do you have other than friends calling you up and going, "Are you on your meds?" Do are there benchmarks? Do you have a way of checking in, whether it's you yourself or someone you work with, to make sure six months, 12 months down the road that, that it is working properly? That's so good that you asked that question because it's so important to have your people. So I swim every morning with my sister, so she knows. Uh, and she'll be the first to tell me if she thinks I'm not behaving correctly. <laughs> good. Okay. Good. And. You know, and the other thing is I had something come up with a friend that really made me mad because I got so mad and hurt. And I thought, oh, great, I'm going to have to go back on my antidepressants because I'm just too sensitive and I was really upset. But then when I looked at the situation and I did talk through it with my friend, I realized, you know what? No, that was what happened was hurtful. And it was um, something I teach in coaching is that we hold people big and we believe them. And if we don't try not to hurt their feelings like we don't go out to hurt people's feelings but if you know like so I do a lot of business you know I'm I'm radio but I'm a coach I teach coaching I have a, a network marketing business I do a lot of business so I get a lot of no's and I can handle no's and then to have a friend think I couldn't handle no and make excuses um you know just said she didn't think very much of me but so when I worked through all of that I went hey I'm pretty healthy I think I I think I'm rocking this excellent yeah excellent yeah, yeah. but yeah I'm glad you asked that because one thing is I learned early on that if I was going to do this I I had to be accountable and that meant knowing my sister might say uh you need to go back on mm -hmm. and for I don't know why it's it's not like it's a failure but there's just part of me that's like you know um, that's why mental health is hard, right? Because mm -hmm. we feel yep. like, oh, I, I don't want to need help. I want to be the helper. I don't want to be the help E. But, you know, being willing to ask for help and be vulnerable and, you know, allow people in in a way that you would respond, you know, that if they had to tell you you need help, that you would you would say, okay, for, for I, I know you love me. I know you wouldn't ask me to do this if it wasn't really for my benefit so and good and that said we we encourage everyone to take care of themselves and that includes both yes. physically and mentally and if you need help please seek help 
If you don't yeah. need help, please practice kindness and understanding to those who do. There's a suicide hotline you can call and they'll talk. And if you have a family member that's suicidal and you don't know what to do, you call that hotline Yes. and they'll tell you what to do. You know, it's like rather than ignore it, because if we ignore it, it doesn't go away. And mental health issues are real. And I think maybe that's why we're having a drug problem is people have trauma and things that they didn't deal with as children. And so rather than facing it, they're numbing it. Maybe they told somebody something happened and they weren't believed. You know, it's like when people start to get well, then they have to deal with trauma. And, uh, you know, and if you need counseling and you have trauma, make sure your counselor is trauma informed because, uh, you know, I have another podcast for people who were abused as children and they're now adults for the first time telling their story and they go to a counselor and the counselor isn't trauma informed. And so the counselor may not respond in in the best way for someone who is finally 26 years later telling a story Mm -hmm. you know that um that has been you know hidden and caused them so much pain so yeah yeah that's my two cents worth okay i have another call but i gotta tell you this story okay so there's this lady that um where, where i exercise and she likes to leave early every morning because she likes to go to this one coffee sand and get a, a sandwich. And um, so she, somebody has noticed her there and bought her a sandwich. And so the next day they bought her, it was a kid, a young guy, like maybe early 20s. The next day he bought her another sandwich. So the third day she left exercise early, went in, parked her car, got her sandwich, went out to her car, sat in her car until she saw his car, rolled up, <laughs> rolled down her window and said to him, stop it. And I looked at her and I said, no. She goes, yeah, he just saw my gray hair and thought I was old and couldn't afford it. And I, I just looked at her and I said, don't you think maybe he was like one of these kids that, that are here that their mom probably said, you be nice to everybody. And he was being nice. I go, you bet he'll never do that again. Oh, Oh, you know, and I think when I said that, I think it made her realize um, that, oh, you know what I mean? She just got all bent out of shape thinking he thought she was poor and, um, you know, all this. And then I'm like, well, I guess he'll never be kind again. And then she was like, oh, no. Gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So when someone does something nice for you. Yeah. Just be kind. Yeah. Say thank it. you. Be kind. Yeah. Accept yeah. kindness. Yeah. <laughs> and rather than say stop it, say hey, thanks for the sandwich. Buy somebody else one next time, okay? <laughs> Hopefully, he'll keep on being kind like that. If now he's aware that there are sensitive people like that who might misunderstand, maybe there's yeah. also the oh, okay, I've done this. Pay it forward. Just tell somebody pay yeah. it forward, and then that then you're off the hook. <laughs> Not I to should you guys, so. but yeah, no <laughs> thank you for indulging my story. Oh, I just loved had to it. Tell that. Well, ladies, where can we see you on the socials? I am on Twitter at Claire Beverly, C L A I R E B E V E R L Y, and I'm on Facebook at Coach Lori L A U R I E. Twitter, I'm Anna D. Tell all your friends to listen and give us a five-star rating. Yes. Yep. Pass it forward. Pay it forward by gifting us to someone you know. Woo! <laughs> this is Listen and Learn. Or... or... 
No more fire drills. Stop pulling the fire alarm. Love you, goofballs. Bye, Bye. ladies. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.